It's great if your barista has been supporting you while you've been writing in the coffee shop. Hopefully we'll be able to write in coffee shops again soon. Please let us be able to write in coffee shops again soon. Welcome to A Book and a Dream with Megan O'Russell, an author's adventure in writing, reading, and being an epic fangirl. Hello, my name is Megan O'Russell, and welcome to episode 64 of A Book and a Dream. Today, I have a special treat for you. Five things I wish I'd known at the beginning of my author career. Now, it has been a crazy journey, and hopefully yours will look nothing like mine. Hopefully, you won't go through seven years and five shutdown publishers in order to get to a place where you feel comfortable and secure in your author career. But as much as I want to be a support system of love and joy, it could happen. Things could go terribly wrong. So to set you up for success, no matter what storm clouds come over the horizon, here are my top five things that I wish I'd known before everything went to shit. Sorry, babe, you're going to have to bleep that out. So my number one thing that I wish I had known before I started on my author journey, it is not at all cheating to research other people's books. Market research is actually a really great thing. Read the top sellers on Amazon. Read the top sellers from traditional publishers. Read the top sellers from indie publishers and figure out what the difference is. There are some things that work really well in indie books that traditional publishers are too scared to do. It doesn't mean that those indie books aren't selling. And in fact, those indie authors are probably making more money. So figure out where in those things your book fits. You don't have to go traditional publishing in order to make money. You don't have to go indie publishing in order to feel like you have control over your career. There are a lot of things in between, but know where your book fits. If you want to write a 200,000 word fantasy YA debut, you're probably going to have to go indie with it because chances are a trad publisher isn't going to pick it up. Does that mean that book shouldn't be written? No, but it probably means you shouldn't spend four years submitting it to agents because it's going to be a really hard sell. So know your genre, know the requirements, and decide where in that you want to fit. There is no wrong answer. There is no saying if there is no other book like yours that's out in the genre, you shouldn't write it, but you should go into it with your eyes open so that you have good expectations of where your book's going to fit in the wide, wide realm of publishing once your work of art is finished. The number two thing I wish I had known, be careful who you let read your book before it's published. Now, that's not because people are going to steal your work. I know some people get paranoid about that. Yes, it's happened. It's super rare. Even if you let other authors read it, people aren't going around saying like, I'm going to steal their debut novel. That's not a thing. That's not a thing that happens until you're like J.K. Rowling when she used to be nice who had to, like, switch out briefcases with people so that no one would get spoilers. Like, no, that doesn't happen. However, letting 12 people read your book and getting all of that feedback, you're going to get conflicting advice. And your book may not look anything like what you wanted it to by the time you're done trying to fit all of those people's concepts into your work. You could also have people who know nothing about publishing and books who are giving you very bad advice. So yes, you could feel really proud of your book and you want to share it with everyone, but make those choices wisely or at least make the decision up front 
not to listen to everyone's advice. It's great if your barista has been supporting you while you've been writing in the coffee shop. Hopefully we'll be able to write in coffee shops again soon. Please let us be able to write in coffee shops again soon. But just because they've been interested doesn't mean you should give them their your book and take their advice on why you need more erotica in your children's book. They don't necessarily know anything. So take it with a grain of salt and consider who you're handing your manuscript to before you press that send button. The number three thing I wish I had known, start building a cohesive social media presence early on. Now, what exactly does that mean? It doesn't mean you have to jump on every platform and follow every TikTok trend. No, nobody has time for that. But it does mean that you should choose what your pen name is going to be and use that as your social media handle. If you're going to be on Twitter making friends with publishers, why are you using LitGirl457? They're not going to know when they get your submission that you were LitGirl457. Use some variation of your author name, whether it's your name author. Or for me, sometimes I have to put my last name first or add an author because I don't know there are other Megan O'Russells out there. It's a made-up last name. Who else has it? But whatever. It's fine. But some variation of your pen name so that when you're talking to people at conferences, when they're trying to look up your books on Amazon, they don't have to do a deep dive into your social media presence to figure out whose book it is that they're looking for. And you should try and be coherent across platforms with how you present yourself to the public. For instance, are you going to post risque pictures because you're an erotica author? Cool. If you're posting risque pictures on Twitter, but you're a children's author, that's probably a bad idea. Because if you are trying for a really big publishing contract, everything on Twitter is going to get dragged back up. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't evolve over time or that you only have to post super sweet, safe things. For example, everything is under my name and I've had a rough week. So usually I try and present myself as completely professional on my podcast, but today I'm in a Disney shirt, I have a beer, and that was in fact a cat chewing on my microphone. Because that's just where I am right now. And part of my brand is being honest about my life. So here you go. Cheers to that. Number four, make sure you set up your website and newsletter before you have any idea why you could possibly need a website and newsletter. I know, you're just starting to submit your first book, you have nothing published, why would you need a newsletter or website? Who would be visiting them? You need to have it now so that when you suddenly make your big break, you have everything ready. So the only thing on your author website is that you're submitting. You have a blog chronicling your journey, or better yet, don't write about your writing journey. Write about you as a person. Write about the things that would make you an exciting story for the newspaper. You traveled overseas. You volunteered to help hurricane victims. Anything that makes you have a specific insight into your book that's exciting, put it on a blog or a podcast. Link that to your website. 
have a newsletter. Even if you don't have a short story or anything to offer as clickbait for people to sign up for your newsletter yet, start a newsletter. Send out something once a month. Why? Because when people start looking for you, you'll already know the ropes. You'll already know how to send out a monthly newsletter and you'll have a handle on everything. Now, you may be thinking, but I have a TikTok, a Twitter, an Instagram, a Facebook. I don't need to pay for a website. True, you don't need a fancy website with all the bells and whistles. You can pick the cheapest thing on the market or even go for something free. But the problem with relying on social media for your author networking is that Facebook could change the algorithm and you can suddenly no longer reach all of those fans that you worked hard to collect. TikTok could get shut down. Twitter could ban authors. I mean, that's really far-fetched, but you know what I mean. It is not your property. They can change the rules and those thousands of fans you've been working to build as you've created your author career are gone. And there's literally nothing you can do about it. But your website and your newsletter, as long as you obey all like governmental rules and pay the subscriptions, those belong to you. So no matter who changes their algorithm, you're not going to lose those contacts and people will still know how to follow you. And that is priceless. So put in the work before you think you need to. And number five, prepare for the long game. What does that mean? There are some people who seem like they are overnight sensations. People suddenly heard about The Martian, there's a movie, it's so fancy. Yeah, it still takes a long time to publish a book and a longer time to get noticed. Even if you're an indie author, so you you wrote your book, you edited your book, and then that day you can put it up on Amazon. Unless you already have a huge crowd who is just clamoring for that debut novel, it's going to take a while for people to find you. And it's probably going to take more than one book if you're an indie author. Most indie authors don't make a real living as an author until they have double-digit books. That's right, 10 plus is where people usually start seeing actual money. For some, it's 20 or 30 before they start feeling like they're earning a salary off their books. So it is a long game. Unless, of course, lightning strikes. And if you're a traditionally published author, it takes even longer. Yes, there are unicorns who get massive deals on their first book. But for most people, it takes quite a while to find an agent. And then your agent has to approve your manuscript to send it to an editor at a publisher. And then the editor who wants it has to send it to their purchasing team. And then you have to go through all the edits with your publisher before your book is published. And hopefully your debut novel will take off. But really, between when you submitted it to your agent and when you're a national bestseller, it's going to be at least two years. So don't think that you're hitting send on your very first submission and you're suddenly famous. It's going to take a while. So take some days off. Don't check your email every five minutes. I know I still need to learn to take that advice, but it'll get old. A few years in, you're going to keep swiping down, waiting for big news, and it, it takes a long time. You have to prepare. Start working on your next project. Create a backlist. Create more things to submit. Keep working on building that social media presence, that blog, that podcast, and that website. Because if you're just sitting there submitting the same old book over and over again for years, chances are you're going to lose interest in publishing because it's a long slog. 
So instead of focusing on that one manuscript, start playing the long game. Prepare for the marathon. Work on the next project. Work on your craft. Work on your advertising, your social media presence. Whatever it is you feel you can put yourself into so that you're not waiting for one email to go on to the next step. Create next steps for yourself because it's probably going to take more than one book. So you might as well get writing on that next project. And a bonus rule for you. That's more just a life rule, which I hopefully understood pretty well before I started my publishing journey. Important life lesson. Don't be a dick. And that applies really well when you're an author. Now, what does this mean in the publishing sphere? It means don't plagiarize. Don't decide that someone else has a great idea and run with it. Or worse, don't copy passages out of other people's books. Send it to a ghostwriter and pretend it's yours. Because trust me, people will find out about it and the author community will come for you. They will destroy you. Don't risk it. Don't plagiarize. That's considered being a dick. Don't be someone who trashes people on social media. You don't need to go after people's tweets because they have a wrong word. It's called autocorrect, people. People are going to get things wrong. Don't think that you're fancier because you've never had a misplaced word in a tweet. Be careful about what you post if you are being very polarizing, too. Consider what side of the argument you're on and who might see that tweet a few years in the future. That's important, people. You don't want your career to be ruined because of a tweet you sent four years ago. Consider what you're saying. And don't be a dick to the author community. The author community is a very giving space. They want to help you. They want to recommend their art, their cover artist, their editor. They want to spread the love and make sure the good people who help them get more work. They want to tell you to buy this book on publishing because it helped them. So don't be a vampire. Don't take and take and take and never give. Worse yet, don't take and take and take and then trash the people who helped you. Just don't be a dick and you'll do well in the author community. But if you're an asshole, be careful because uh, authors keep receipts and they will come for you eventually. So be a nice person. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you and you'll be just fine. So those are my top things that I wish I'd known and one bonus that we should all live by before I had started my author career. Now, hopefully next week I'll be doing better and I won't be in a Disney shirt and a beer for the podcast slash video recording. But until then, have a great week. Good luck. Merde.